Welcome to Incredible Real Estate, the show that shares insights from professionals in the U.S. real estate market. Each episode, you'll hear from realtors, mortgage brokers, and other experts, giving analysis on the trends in the property market, especially for international investors. And now for your host, Dan One, Vice President of Strategic Partnerships at USA Mortgages. Enjoy the podcast. Welcome to the Incredible Real Estate Podcast, everyone. I'm Dan O'Neill, your host. Today, we're talking to Mike Cassidy. Mike, it's a privilege and an honor to have you on the show today. Mike has just been recognized by his company and managing broker for being in the top 20% of all realtors in the Tri-County area. Further to this, he is the president-elect of the Global Business Chapter for the Charleston Tridents. As well as this, he is a CIPS designated realtor, which means a certified international property specialist. Mike, welcome to the show. Well, thank you, Dan. That was a wonderful introduction. And as you can probably gather from my accent, I usually am affectionately known as the US Scott here in the Metro Charleston area. Absolutely. So it's an absolute pleasure to have a Scotsman that uh, deals in US real estate in his area of expertise. So uh, my, my surname, I've been told, has a little bit of an Irish in, uh, Irish name in it with O'Neill, but uh, I'm going to stick to my South African origin and uh, just, just go with the flow today. I'm not going to try and compete with your Scottish, uh, Scottish accent. Well, it's very kind of you because uh, also affectionately known as the Gaelic Connection, covering both the Irish and Scottish camps and those stories to tell, I'm sure. Absolutely. I mean, we've had many conversations in the past around uh, our, our, our heritage, but uh, today we're here to talk about you and uh, how you're helping the, the, the area of expertise that you're in. But uh, before we jump into that, I'd love for you to give us a little bit of background on yourself. Yeah, absolutely, Dan. I arrived here in the Metro Charleston area just over 15 years ago with my what was then young family. Uh, my wife and I were very successful in our respective careers in Scotland. I was heavily involved in financial services. She was in the medical space. Wow. Uh, but we took the, the bold decision at that time to uh, look uh, to America uh, with a view to the opportunities that this land uh, offers up, uh, whether that's lifestyle, whether that's around uh, the children's well-being and the educational systems here. But uh, we just felt it was the right thing for us to do. And we arrived here, as I said, 15 years ago. And I'm coming from a background of financial services. There isn't really a center here within the Metro Charleston area. So I had to look for transferable skill set. And uh, the natural calling for me was actually real estate. I think people have got a little bit of a misnomer about real estate. I think they always tend to think bricks and mortar. Well, that may well be the end product, but the actual journey in getting there is very, very service-orientated. And that is really where I've set my stall out in the sense of relationship-based uh, growth. And I found that to be uh, the way to go. And as you indicated at the top of the podcast, that's recognized with the success being in the top 20% of realtors here in the Tri-County area. Fantastic, Mike. You know, I really that really resonates with me. As as you know, and some of our listeners know as well, I come from 20-year realtor background in South Africa. And 
my business in South Africa was purely based on networking relationships. So I truly do understand that. And you know, in this industry, people people don't realize that it really is a business. And you have to treat people like gold because it's not bricks and mortar, it's people. We deal with people all day, every day. And without the people in our business and our network, we're nothing. Yeah, and, and then the follow-up to that would be that whole notion of giving back in the sense that I came here 15 years ago and I really wouldn't want MD to have that experience I had. It really was somewhat indifferent. And I don't know whether there's maybe a little bit of an overseas element to that as well that allows me perhaps to have greater empathy with somebody who may be looking to relocate uh, whether they're looking at that on a, a secondary home basis or ultimately to come here and stay and broadening that out a little bit, you know, having been here now for 15 years, I'm also licensed not only in the residential, but the commercial space, which really allows that whole notion of a one-stop shop. Yeah, fantastic. So true. So Mike, it's really evident that you're extremely well established and part of the Tri-County area with so much passion for what you do. Can you help me unpack what the Tri-County area is and how you see yourself really adding value to the area? Absolutely, Dan, absolutely. The Tri-County area is basically made up of Tri, as in three counties. Uh, there's the Charleston County, there's Berkeley County, and there's Dorchester County. And that's the three main counties, as I said, in which I operate. Obviously, I have an affiliate network that goes beyond that so that I can give my clients that continuity should we need to look outside that space. But the important thing is I can act as an anchor and a guide in that situation. So revisiting the Tri-County area, I think there's a danger sometimes you can be overwhelmed with statistics. And uh, to that end, you know, the company I work with, Carolina One Real Estate, is well-versed in providing uh, myself with reports. I mean, I regularly get over 150 reports every month. Now, clearly, that's not going to be in the interest of any given individual, all 150. But I do feel as that uh, connector, coordinator, facilitator, that I should have that knowledge at my disposal. But let, let me share just an overview of that with you, Dan, to give you a flavor for what our market looks like. Anybody who's uh, did anything in economics knows all about supply and demand. And from that perspective, if we look at the Tri-County area today, we have effectively less than a thousand units for sale. So that's wow. a thousand residential units for sale. And now, how many was, people, sorry, sorry to cut you off there, Mike, how many people live within the county? Well, within the county, we've got about 90,000 people. Wow. Now, keep in mind, though, Dan, not at any one time is everybody looking, but the numbers that we have revealed that upwards of 11,000 buyers are in action. Wow. So let's just get that again in some sort of context. You basically 11, got buyers with a thousand homes on the market. Absolutely. So yeah. it's absolutely crucial, I think, one, to know that data and two, then position yourself to take advantage of what is a wonderful market space. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. So, how do you service the buyers that fall short? Because obviously, you're not the only realtor in the Tri County. 
you, you've got multiple properties on your books, you've got all these buyers, and you've only got a limited amount of properties that you can sell to them. So what, how do you overcome this? Well, I think, you know, before we just talk about how we overcome it, let's get it in some sort of context as well, because I'm hearing a lot of people giving woo me the market. Uh, and, you know, being, being a top producer, we're coached, and one of the golden rules is there's no such thing as a good market or a bad market. There's a market that you're in, and you must adapt to that market. And I think you make a great premise in your question. My business has evolved in the way in which I present myself uh, to effectively sellers on behalf of my buyer. But it starts with partnership. Keep emphasizing that. And that partnership is not only with the realtor in mind, but also the lender, whoever that happens to be in the context of best servicing that client's needs. So if we're going to be working in partnership, and if we're looking at the overseas space, for instance, I think it's so important that those individuals have this coffee conversation with you and I ahead of time Without so that they are pos positioning themselves to take advantage of this market. Because here's why. With those odds of basically 11 people chasing in every home, how's these aren't staying on the market for weeks and months at a time? We're actually seeing houses stay on the market for days and hours at a time. Sure. And in fact, in, in, in addressing your question of positioning myself to the market, I work with uh, the largest brokerage in the area. And that scale allows me access to certain tools that are not readily available to others. Fundamentally, I'm talking about finding those off-market transactions. That's the key. It's fantastic to hear that. In fact, you're the second person to tell me that today about off-market transactions. So let's delve a little bit into that. Tell our, tell our listeners about off-market transactions and what that actually means. Well, what it basically means is, if I can better understand what our buyers have, wants, and needs and concerns are, in the sense of what the real estate looks like, then I can match them to basically my family. So if you've got a preference to be, say, your price range, for argument's sake, somewhere around about, let's just take the median price point, say somewhere around about, 350 to 450 price range, you're looking at three bed, two bath, uh, you want to be maybe near the coast, then in that premise, what I'll do is I'll take those features and benefits that are important to you and feed that into my network. What does that then allow us to do? Well, we may well have somebody who's thinking about listing their home maybe in the summer. They might not be quite ready at the moment because, for instance, their children might still be at school, but they're waiting to the end of the school term. But they're going to be bringing their house to market in May. What if we could marry up that buyer and seller ahead of time? Wouldn't, wouldn't that have a value to that individual? Absolutely. And Absolutely. And it, but the key, this is the key, Dan, I think, you can't just marry up without having done your due diligence around the financial piece. And that's so important that we've got that situation in place with the, the preferred lending partner, like your good selves. No, I appreciate that, Mike. You know, in the end of the day, it's all about the relationship. And you also wouldn't have the opportunity to go to that homeowner 
without a relationship and say, hi, my name's Mike Cassidy. I've got a buyer for your house. You've got to really, really work your network and build that relationship before you can knock on that door. Absolutely, Dan. And, and to be frank with you, my integrity is at stake. And sometimes, with all due respect to some of our buyers, they can be a little bit dismissive. It may be one transaction for them, but, but I'm here to stay and I've been here for 15 years and I hold myself to a high standard. I hold my lending partners to a high standard. And all I'm looking for is a little bit of reciprocation. And ultimately, if that's not a good fit for you, th then maybe there isn't that relationship that that individual is looking for. Maybe they are more transactional. But I generally find when you sit somebody down and walk them through the process, uh, they, they get it. They get it. Because I often say, put yourself in the seller's shoes in this market. Yeah. Are you going to, are you going to accept an offer from somebody who's just thinking about getting their finances in order? Or are you going to talk to somebody who's gone through the process of verification around credit, income, and assets with a premise of having basically a commitment to fund notice? Which one are you going to take? Yeah, listen, the market at the moment, uh, you know, as, as you've mentioned, and in many other states as well, we've got people outbidding one another on properties because there's such a shortage of, of inventory and people waiving conditions in the office because they need to make the best possible offer to a seller. Uh, I was chatting to someone the other day that told me they wrote up six contracts on the Wednesday and on the Thursday, one out of the six were accepted and the balance of them were, were outbid. And it's, it's a difficult market to be in. It's, it's amazing to see that there still are realtors that are grinding out the deals and really working hard for, for both their sellers and their buyers. Although you're only, only representing one end of the, the market, you still land up working for both of them. Absolutely. And, and from the point of view of the transaction itself, I think it's important to realize with the backdrop that we've shared then the buyer can certainly take control of that in the sense of the negotiation. And what do I mean by that? I think increasingly real estate in the space we're operating in at the moment is not about price. I think it's about cost. What can you afford? Because the reality is if the payment is affordable, you get in, in the house and then you get the backside of the equity that's there. Our market was up over 10% last year. In some areas, it was up nearly 20%. So from that perspective of as a return on your investment against the cost of the finance, which admittedly starting to trend up, but last year we were looking in the low twos, high twos laterally. From that perspective, you know, the numbers just say basically be all in. Because I often give the sports analogy. You may well think you're winning negotiation, but if you finish second, the prize goes to the winner. Yeah, you're 100% correct. So it's a great way of looking at it. So, and you know, the, the old antic of when is it that I could, people used to ask me in my real estate career, when should I buy? And I would always say, when you can afford to. Because the price is always going to go up. Everything is cyclical. Yes, you're going to have your ups, you're going to have your downs, but long-term growth is always going to be there. And if you don't jump on the horse now, you're going to miss, you're going to miss the opportunity. Yeah, and I, I know we're broadening the conversation out a little bit here, but if we look at the, the macro picture in the economy at the moment, in real time, we're seeing the impact inflation is having. 
And I think what we're also seeing is a reluctance for people actually to get involved in the bond market. Stocks is looking increasingly shaky. What's the one investment that's proven itself year in, year out on the longer term? And it's real estate. If you look at the averages for time memorial, your return invariably in a 10-year window is something of the order of 40%. Think about that. It's incredible. It really is incredible. All right, Mike, let's shift focus a little bit. I mean, we, yes, we mentioned that you're the president-elect for uh, the global business chapter for Charleston Trident. Tell us a little bit about this and uh, how it's impacted your career. Yeah, this is a wonderful opportunity that I was presented with. Oh, it must be about two and a half, three years ago. And uh, it really allows me an outreach beyond the US. And I have a tremendous passion for all things overseas, having been relatively a newbie here in the sense of uh, a US citizen. And I also have a great passion for helping people. And that has been part of my mantra. Oh, forever it just was inbred into me that you know in helping others you can help yourself and i'm a great believer in that i'm also fascinated by cultures i really do have a zest for life and whether it's sampling different types of food or different customs and traditions there's something very appealing about that. And, and I found it a revelation when dealing with different people, whether you're dealing with people from the Far East, or thinking China, possibly Singapore, or looking more to the Middle East and the Africas, into Ethiopia, or into the Americas, whether it be Brazilians or Hispanics. Uh, the, the, whole, the whole notion is everybody uh, does business a little bit differently. And I think you've got to be respectful of that, especially when we're embarking upon, you know, if it's a real estate investment, arguably the biggest investment anybody makes, and then to make it into a foreign place. So I was schooled in a lot of these uh, skill sets through the CIPS program. And indeed, as recently as uh, just last week, they, they opened up another one for the continent of Africa, which was an absolute revelation to me. And uh, as you can probably gather from my enthusiasm, I just find it very much an adventure. And I often liken it, well, Mike, how can you have so much fun with something that's so unknown? Well, the reality is it isn't unknown because I've taken the time out, I've studied, I have grained myself into my marks and cultures and the premise of let's have fun, I always say, once you know the fundamentals and hopefully working with a good lending partners like your good self, that is going to make everything possible. Amazing. Yeah, listen, it's, it's all about the notion of if, if you're not learning, you're dying. You know, I strongly believe in it. And it also sits very close to my heart in terms of helping people. It's it's one of the first things that I learned in real estate is that it, it's always going to come back to you. So reciprocate what you what you do because you, you want goodness in your life. You want to help people in order to get to, to get good back. So uh, yeah, definitely something that's uh, that's close to me, Mike. So thanks for sharing that. And uh, you touched uh, briefly on your CIPS uh, designation. Now, CIPS, for those who don't know, as I mentioned earlier, is a Certified International Property Specialist. It's a, it's a specific designation that's run by the National Association of Realtors that allows you or give, educates you, let's put it that way, to work with international clients. 
So how has that helped your international business? Well, I mean, I mean, I could almost go on and on and on ad nauseum, but I don't think that would be fair to our viewers. I'm going to give you a little soundbite again when it comes to numbers, because I think that's important in getting Absolutely. everything in context. There is overseas transactions taking place into the Charleston market. I have access to that data. If I told you that less than 1% of our volume is overseas business, that gives you a sense of the opportunity for growth for everyone. And when I add to that, that 50% of the people who did purchase, purchased all cash. I would suggest those people were probably fairly affluent and certainly had a stable financial base. The obvious question I think you and I would have for them, Dan, with their USA mortgage hat on, what could they have done if they had looked at some non-conforming finance that might have been available? What if they had that conversation with you or one of your associates? Could we maybe have got their money to work harder for them? And that's what I call helping each other. That's a very fundamental on the financials. Again, to reaffirm that number, 50% of people bought with cash. Now, yeah. I don't know who there was serviced by, but it probably was the case they didn't have this conversation because I can't envisage with the price of money the way it is, even with a non-conforming product, that you wouldn't want to put that into action for yourself and leverage those go. other funds in other ways. Well, not only that, if you're purchasing all cash, you've got an opportunity to diversify your portfolio and spread your risk and not maybe not buy one property, but maybe buy two or three. And you know, the, the bottom line is, is that these people that have, have bought into your area, there's also now an opportunity for refinance. Now we can come in and we can help them. And I know that this 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 uh, podcast isn't about what we do, but just to just to tap into that, we can refinance a home within three weeks of ownership. That's massive for an international investor where they don't have to worry about the the worries of losing a property in a market that they're in if the, the seller is worried about a cash sale. Cash sale. sale. So let them nice. go for cash. Let them close on the deal quickly and we'll refinance it for them as, as soon as it's registered in their name. That, that is so compelling and a wonderful way, as you say, to, to not only protect your asset, but to leverage it in a very, very hot market. But then again, is it a hot market if you're taking advantage of it? And to that end, if we look at where we're at at this point in time, there are more homes coming on the market. It's just looking under contract so quickly. So again, if you can seize the opportunity, there is a wonderful opportunity to, to build what we call wake up money going forward, whatever your strategy might happen to be. Yeah, no, you, you hit the nail on the head with that one. You know, it really does uh, open your eyes to the world out there for international investors. So I know, so we, we, we touched on quite a few things there. I mean, uh, my next my next real question to you was going to be about what kind of international investors you're seeing in your area of expertise. But we did touch on that a little bit. But let's talk about, you say it's less than 1% of international buyers in, in your area. What what countries are these guys coming from? Where, where are you seeing the largest amount of investment coming from? It is interesting you ask that question. I mean, we are still seeing a tremendous amount of interest from China. Uh, you're also seeing interest from the Americas. 
Uh, Russia has been seen to be buying up real estate as well. I think we're generally seeing a shift even in the European model. I mean, if I think back to my own home country, if you like to think of it, Scotland, and more particularly the United Kingdom, we are starting to see a shift in the sense of where do people feel their money is going to be safe? And I think there's a concern that Europe's not the place it once used to be in the sense for certainly people in the UK, they are increasingly looking to America. And I think there's a sense that America is a, a safe haven. And there's also the opportunity to see those returns that were referred to. The American economy, despite everything that's happened in the world, is still very strong relative to others on the global no, stage. Without a doubt, that safe haven that you talk about is so true. You know, bricks and mortar in a safe haven environment, you, you don't see a better investment return. And, and, and I think, you know, we can sometimes get a little hung up on the investment aspect. There is also the emotional element. And I, I probably can speak more loudly to, to Charleston and the surrounding areas. This is a wonderful place to, as I say, work, rest and play. We've got proximity to the beaches. We've got a wonderful lifestyle. We've got year-round outdoor living, you know, whether you want to be in the water, you're doing fishing, or whether you're an avid golfer like myself, or you're keen on tennis, or you just want to be in the general outdoor space. Also, Charleston's got a wonderful, rich culture all of its own, historically baking back in time to the UK uh, and all that that brings. It really is a magical place. And in addition to that, we're seeing people come here for the seats of learning. I mentioned that at the top of the podcast. That was a big driver for myself and my family. My daughter graduated from uh, Clemson University which is in the top 20 of public universities, but probably in the top five for engineering. And that's a tremendous statistic to share. And we've seen that with the infrastructure that's here. I mean, the Bosch uh, operation, which she is employed by, has been here since the 70s. We've got aeronautical with Boeing. Everybody's heard of Boeing. That's another wonderful area where there's expertise in that engineering space. We've got Cummings. We've also got the Volvo uh, plant here. We've got Mercedes buying trucks. So we're not just talking about rest, work and play in the context of it's all fun. There's obviously a reason people want to come here. And a lot of it's to do with business. It's a very business friendly environment. And the infrastructure has opened up as well. We've got direct flights now from London which is a fantastic hub wherever you're coming from in, in the Far East or the Africas, wherever, coming through London and then being able to get a direct flight into Charleston. Wow. Wow. So with an explanation like that, I think you can add uh, another one of the buyers to your pool there because it certainly sounds like I'm keen to get, get involved in real estate there. So it's now 11,001. 11, I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking <laughs> forward to it. Great, Mike. So. Just, just to touch on a couple of other points here, I mean, we, we're specifically talking about international investors. These guys that have come through your, your area of expertise and you've crossed paths with them, what difficulties have you found in finding them a mortgage solution? I, I, think, I think until we had the introduction, very, very challenging. And, and to be frank with you, that 50% number uh, 
talks loudly to the, the challenges people have encountered. Uh, and that applied equally to myself coming here from the UK all those years yeah. ago. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I sold everything up. I sold my house up. And uh, it wasn't that you know I was a bad credit risk. I just didn't have any credit, Dan. And that's the challenge you have in the conventional space here. You know, finance is founded upon, I affectionately refer to it as the acronym CIA. Uh, you'll only get finance with credit, income, and assets. Well, if you don't have a credit score and you're a foreign national, how are you going to get one? It's kind of challenging. If you don't have a job here, how are you going to show income? It's going to be kind of challenging. And if you're relying solely on your assets, that might not be sufficient to necessarily get the best terms. And, and you know, from my perspective, that's what happened to us. We went with a, you know, a major national brand. And to be thank with you, they took a little bit of a chance on us, but only in the premise that if we defaulted, we'd over 50% equity in the house we'd purchased. So it really wasn't a terrific risk that we're running, but I was very grateful for them at that time. And I just wish I had known more about the non-conforming products that are out there, uh, because I think that will allow people not only to leverage some position, but to get greater peace of mind in the whole process going forward. And that's what I really love about the partnership that we have. You know, we've gone beyond the no like, we, we, we trust one another. And you can impart that onto your clients. And in the same way, we've now got obviously Zoom and all these tools at our disposal. I'm a great believer, let's get on, let's have a coffee conversation, even if it's remote. Amazing, amazing, Mike. It's it really is an honor and privilege to speak to you. Now, I open up by saying that I'm going to end off by saying the same thing. Such a, a well-spoken, well-educated person that knows his community and his area of expertise as well as you do. I really don't believe that there, there is another, a, another realtor that anyone should be looking for other than someone like you. So thank you for joining us on the show. It's been an absolute privilege and uh, I look forward to our chat again soon. Absolutely, Dan. And genuinely, the pleasure's all mine. I'm looking forward to doing more business and equally important, cultivating that fellowship. And I have noted you as a 11,001 and hope to see you very, very soon in person. We'll definitely be there soon. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you want to find out more about USA Mortgages, please visit us at usa-mortgages.com. And remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts to be updated with upcoming episodes.